Welcome. This interview is part of the Listening to the Earth podcast. The Listening to the Earth movement is an invitation to collectively tune into the wisdom and power of nature during key political occasions on the environment. And I'm joined here today by Mindahi Bastidas, Ultimi Toltec Nation of Central Mexico, Director of Original Nations Programme for the Fountain, Spokesperson for the Grand Council of the Eagle and Condor, and Executive Committee Member for the Alliance of Guardians for Mother Earth. My name is Susie Steer. I'm Education and Alliances for Tree Sisters and also a member of the Advisory Committee for the Listening to the Earth Movement. Um, Mendahi, welcome. Thank you so much for being present with us today. Um, we have a few questions for you with regards to listening and what it is to listen to the earth. So I would like to start off with what does it mean to listen to the earth for you? Yes. The Kamari, listen, wake Good morning. Good morning to the universe, to the Mother Earth, and to all beings, brothers and sisters. Listening to the earth is also listening to us in the inner from the origins, from the very essential times, we are connected to this beautiful planet, but also listening to the earth, listening to other celestial beings, like Rama Moon, Zana, a father son, that uh, Venus and many other celestial beings that are around us and are affecting Mother Earth and affecting us as nature. Uh, from the beginning of the times, it has been beautiful to be in touch with Mother Earth because uh, Mother Earth nurture lives and nurture us. So she's a being, and he is a being because Mother Earth is feminine and masculine energy. And uh, receives uh, masculine energy from Father Son and feminine energy from Grandma Moon. So all the beings around around us, we have been living in reverence for many, many years, millennia. And uh, when we don't listen to the earth, is when the problems arise. Because listening to the earth is how we are educated how to live in peace with her, for her, to live in harmony. And most of all, most of, all of everything is to live in responsibility. So listening to the earth also means that we are very attentive what is happening around 
this dimension of what we are living through with this beautiful planet. And original peoples and nations have nourished that deep connection with Mother Earth um, for millennia. Uh, could you describe a little bit about um, how you would define ancestral wisdom in as part of what uh, original peoples are able to bring forwards into uh, some of the global discussions at this time? Yes. Uh, as uh, I was referring to Mother Earth, when we are listening to her, we receive that wisdom, how to live in peace and harmony. So wisdom for us means to really be attentive of our entertainment space that we are living through. So we listen to the mountains, to the rivers. We listen to the sky, Father Sky, and the heart of Mother Earth. So this wisdom is to really act in consequence. Uh, we don't take more than we need, is one of the principles. And we uh, live in reciprocity. Because if we take, we give back, always. Because uh, ancestral wisdom tells us that in Mother Earth, Mother Earth is giving us so much. We also need to give to her this care and the care for life. So we are just another species and we need to be aware of that. And this interconnection with other species is, uh, is very meaningful because we think and we know that they are our relatives. We are interconnected. So ancestral wisdom is to live in peace, harmony, in responsibility and in reciprocity. In this way of being that everything is interconnected. So we live around the cycles of the moon around the cycles of uh, the sun in conjunction with Mother Earth. So we know when to plant seeds, when to grow, when to pick them up, and how to choose the seeds in a biocultural way of thinking and being. Because culture and biodiversity come together, are together. So we cannot differentiate uh, culture from um, biological diversity, from nature. We are nature. We are the expression of culture as well. But also when you name a mountain uh, by the name, there's implicit this interrelationship with names. So the culture is alive. So that's how we have lived uh, for many centuries, for millennia, in this harmony. But harmony means peace, and, but peace means also action. Because it takes a lot of effort to live in this way of being, in this way of living. Living in peace is living with action and with gratitude and reverence. And how do you feel that your elders have passed that down? And how do you uh, how do you relate to that responsibility that is handed to you? 
Well, in every action that we take uh, in the reverence that, uh, for example, a certain hours of the, of the day or in the fiestas, in the celebrations, in the rituals, in, and also in the, um, you know, what we call um, ceremonies, sacred ceremonies. And in the daily, daily, daily life of uh, being, we talk among us and uh, when this knowledge is passed through others, through the younger, younger generations, it's beautiful because the elders know and they notice who is going to be the one who is going to hold a special secret and sacred uh, knowledge. Because wisdom is also to pass this knowledge in a meaningful way, to pass the knowledge to the, to the person or to the persons that are going to really be um, caretakers and caregivers of this uh, beautiful uh, knowledge that is based in ancestral wisdom. And what does it mean for you to be heard at important events like COP26 coming up? For us, it's very vital because uh, our territories now are being damaged, are being threatened by a modern way of living, by colonization and all of this that is happening around the world because um, companies, corporations, and nation states are taking over. Uh, our territories that are in their, in their eyes rich in minerals, in fossil fuels, are rich in, 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 in let's say gold, in precious stones, and now the so-called rare earths, so these are the territories that are richer in the world. And that's the reason we want to be heard by these uh, summits, because uh, this is not just our responsibility to take care about bioculture or the, or the so-called um, biodiversity. Because as you know, uh, most of the biodiversity that exists in the world is in indigenous and native, original nations, native territories around the world. So let's not take it for granted. There is a very, very strong connection between original nations and the territory. That's the reason we take care, give it, we give care to the place where we live. As I told you, we don't take more than we need. Mm. Actually, we give um, love to the places and we teach among our families or communities how to live in peace and harmony, how to live in, in the cycles in harmony. So, so that's the reason we need to be heard in this summits in this uh, conference of the parties 
but not just be heard. That's not enough. We need to take part in the decision-taking processes. As I told you, it's not just our responsibility to, to take care and give care of the biodiversity in the world because it's, it is so important for life, for flourishing life, for all human beings, for all beings that we exist in this beautiful planet. So that's the reason we want to, to be there in, in the advancement of the new regime of rights of nature and the Earth's jurisprudence, because it's a being. For us, every, every single thing, God's spirit. Mm. The rivers, the mountains, the creeks, the, you know, the valleys, all what exists in this planet, for us is very meaningful. So we need really to give care back. And what do you think it might be like um, if the Conference of the Parties was uh, designed and run um, by you? Like, would, how would you like to feel the Conference of the Parties um, listening to the Earth? First of all, we need to, uh, to invite Mother Earth to the dialogue. Because Mother Earth is speaking we got to listen because of the floods, of the fires, you know, this ecological and, and uh, climate crisis is because we have created this problem as human species. So yes, uh, so in this case, listening to the earth is listening to the original nations, the voice of Mother Earth. No, not anymore to uh, just to see the problems that we are facing. Of course, scientists are very important to bring that uh, information. But if information is not enough, we need to connect that information to, to knowledge and convert that knowledge into wisdom, how we can act in a responsible way. So if the COP, the COP, uh, was in our hands, we would work day and night, inviting also the sacred elements, the sacred fire to be around. And really to be humble, we would ask to be humble because we are not the masters of this beautiful planet. We are just another species. First of all, first of all we would invite head of the states, head of corporations, heads of NGOs, international governmental organizations. We, we would invite people from everywhere around the world representing territories, and then come to an agreement, but a binding, binding agreement, not just an agreement that is, uh, is loose, no, binding agreement in, the, in, the, in this world is negative, um, but also binding agreement in, in our eyes is a spiritual agreement. You can escape 
And you know that people is going to pay for no respect, for not doing the work they have to do. So we are calling uh, this a big opportunity, not just to listen, but to act. And it's now, it's not tomorrow, it's not after tomorrow, we have to do it now. Well, I'm so glad that you're going to be present um, alongside many other representatives of original peoples and nations at the COP. And also I'm aware of how many haven't been able to access uh, transport or travel. And so we look forward to ensuring that this message is also passed out to members of the general public so that they can participate and connecting with what's happening. Mindahi Bastidas, thank you very, very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Susie, so much for this opportunity to share words and to share feelings. Mm.